you kind of learn what your lane is and then you learn how to how to stay in your lane so that you can be as consistent as possible in your delivery. Here at Hope Writers, we're all about knowing our lane, which means understanding what we feel called to do and doing it well, and writing our words with a clear message and reader in mind. What do you do when you sense you're ready to expand your lane? What if you're ready to say your words out loud, not just put them on the page? How do you know when to add speaking to your writing life? If you've asked questions like these, this episode is sure to help you out. Hi, I'm Clarissa Mall, and welcome to The Writerly Life, brought to you by Hope Writers, the most encouraging place on the internet for writers to make progress. Here at The Writerly Life, we help you expand your creativity, explore new techniques, and express your hope-filled words in a world that needs them. We'll help you learn to balance the art of writing with the business of publishing, and learn to hustle without losing heart. You have words, and your words matter. And as you write them, you can be you, boldly, bravely, maybe even a little scared sometimes. You can be you in your writing life. So, welcome to the show, friends. Lean in, grab a pen, let's chat. Writing and speaking can go well together as you build your writing life. How do you know when you're ready to add speaking to the list of what you can offer? What do you need to know as you develop your writing and delivery skills for a live audience? Our special guest today, Crystal Evans Hurst, is a great guide to all things speaking. A homeschooling mom and dynamic writer and speaker, Crystal keeps it real when she talks about how a speaking career can grow from your writing or enhance the words you're already putting on the page. Lean in as she tells us more in this recent Hope Writers Tuesday teaching with host Emily P. Freeman. Tell us about your, if you have a system, if you can parse it out enough in order thinking through a path of of creating your talks, of writing your talks. Do you go, you know, I think a lot of us have this image of like, oh, she must go off to a cabin in the woods and come up with these talks, but that's not real life, right? So tell us what it looks like for you. My well, I have friends who do that. I have a, fr- a very good friend who's a pastor's wife locally here, and she takes a she takes a study retreat twice a year. Wow. Um, yeah, that's not my that's not my that's, <laughs> that's not, not my, your life. <laughs> that's not my life. <laughs> Somebody walked in here. Literally, a kid walked in here, and I was on the side going, "Get out! Get out! Get out. This is my life." <laughs> so, <laughs> just ten minutes ago. So, um, what it looks like for me is along the way, along the way. So, as I'm studying something, in other words. I have never gone in search of something to talk about. I let what is happening in my mind and in my head and in my heart bubble up and overflow to something I can offer. I'm not saying that that's not something you should do. Actually, the discipline of writing for Proverbs 31 forces me to come up with something to say if there's no overflow. And that's a good discipline, too. But how I like to speak is that as I'm studying, there's something that hits a nerve. I want to read more about it. I want to look it up. Uh, I, I have examples in my life that become that become easy to share. And honestly, y'all, I'm sharing with my kids at the breakfast table. So as I share with them, it becomes obvious what I have something to say about or some life experience or some illustration. And I it, it kind of manifests itself to me along the way. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, as I keep writing notes in my Bible or keep jotting down notes in my notebook, 
it it becomes clear. It's like this is a this is a talk. Yeah. Um, and then I do the work of once I see that this is something that is resonating with me, then I do the work of making sure I've got a good open, a good close, you know, two or three, no more than four points, um, you know, making sure that I've quoted somebody else, that there's a statistic. Now, as a homeschool mom, I've taught writing both in a co-op setting and in to my kids. I've got multiple years of multiple different programs. I was a national natural writer. My, do- my oldest daughter was not. So I had to give her a formula. And one of the formulas for writing is the same formula I use for speaking. It's C. Every time I make a statement that needs to be followed by an explanation and an example. So S-E-E. Every time I make a statement and in a talk, three points, those major points, I need to explain it and I need to show, I need to show it, sh- explain it and give an example. So using that format, I kind of am looking for that. If I tell you something and I don't show it to you or explain it to you, I really haven't illustrated that point. And then another great point is repetition um, you, by use of alliteration or by use of tying the thoughts together. The last thing I would say that has been is the sandwich. We heard about sandwiching when you're telling somebody negative, give them something positive, then the negative and then the positive. I was in BSF for eight years and my BSF teacher is Bible study fellowship. She did her talks exactly the same way every week. And she would start it out with a story. Then she would never finish the story. Oh, and no. she would come back at the end and wrap up the story. And the oh, there whole it is. talk got sandwiched in between the story. Sometimes <laughs> I do that. Um, so I just think, you know, you come up with the meat. Mm-hmm. What's the main thing? And we don't just slap a steak on a plate. We serve it up with baked potatoes or green beans or, you know, macaroni and cheese or spinach, sauteed spinach. We put the main thing on the plate and then we dress it up. And so what's the main thing that you want to say? Your calling, your passion, the information, your education, your skill, your ability, and then dress it up. Make them want to hear it with a story. Yes, make them laugh and cry. Help them to remember it with alliteration. Give them pegs to hang their memory on. Because a lot of times they won't remember your whole talk, but they will remember your story or the three things that rhymed. So, uh, sorry, I'm like overflowing at that. I mean, I I teach this too. So it's like that, you know. (laughs) Good. So good. Listen, you had me along the way. And I know you said that a minute ago. Mm -hmm. But that is so good. If we could just remember to write along the way. And then that C. So it it was, tell us the C again. Statement, explanation, example. That's so good. Such a great writing tip, such a great speaking tip. We can use that for blog posts. We can use that for a whole talk. You could use it for a book chapter. Yep. That's a great tool you've given us, Crystal. Thank you for that. Did you get that down? I love how Crystal describes finding her content along the way and balancing her beautiful real life, complete with interrupting kiddos, with the meaningful life of her writing work. And Crystal's method for developing a talk is a proven method and solid gold for any kind of writing you do. What a great way to normalize how speaking can become a part of the work you're already doing. New speakers tend to say yes to any opportunity that comes their way because they're eager to get in front of an audience. However, as you gain experience and your schedule begins to fill, it's important to carefully weigh the time and energy required for each event. As a busy mom, pastoral assistant, writer, and sought-after speaker, Crystal can't say yes to every organization that invites her to speak. In this conversation, Crystal tells us more about what she needs to know about a speaking event before she says yes. She says, there are questions you ask when you're 10 years, 20 years in, that you don't ask when you're two months in. 
It's good practice to begin asking questions that help you understand the commitment and the needs of the audience as soon as you begin your speaking career. However, your own needs and questions will develop alongside your level of experience. Consider asking these questions as you prepare to expand your writing life to include speaking. Number one, questions about venue. Since you're a speaker, a writer, and a real person with a full life, it's important to take into account where an event is located. Before committing, Crystal recommends asking these questions about the venue. Where is the event located? What airport will you need to fly into? How far is the venue from the airport? Will a car be provided or will someone pick you up? If you need to add a few hours of driving onto your travel time after a flight, this could significantly impact your schedule. You'll need to account for all travel time and any expenses associated with a far-flung event before saying yes. Number two, questions about content. The event planners may have a very specific idea of what they hope to offer their audience. Knowing this in advance will help you make an informed decision. Be sure to ask questions like, what is the theme of the event? Do they hire speakers who make the audience laugh or tap into deeper emotions? Do they tend to look for storytellers, teachers, lecturers, or preachers? What previous speakers have they invited to speak? Previous presenters are an indication of what an organization expects from its speakers. It's likely they'll expect a similar delivery from you. Look at previous speakers carefully and ask any clarifying questions before moving forward. Once you know the feel of the event, ask yourself, is this a topic you feel well-versed in? Perhaps one you speak about already. Will your talk require hours of research and planning? Knowing the answer to these questions in advance will help you anticipate your time commitment, the tone of your talk, and the needs of your listeners. Number three, questions about frequency. When you're a new speaker, this may not be a critical question for you to ask. However, for a speaker with lots of experience, this question can make or break your commitment. Be sure to ask, is this a first-time event? Crystal Evans Hurst says she always wants to know if this is a first time an event is being held because there are certain things she says I know about first time events that they don't know because they haven't done it before. She continues, it usually means they're going to want more help from me and I have to decide if I have the bandwidth to give it. As your influence and your skills grow, the demand for your speaking services will increase. These questions will help you learn when it's best to say yes or no, depending on your own schedule and bandwidth. Your questions about venue, content, and frequency will help you determine whether a speaking request is right for you. Speaking is a great way to expand your creativity and find new audiences for your writing. Using many of the same skills you use every time you sit down to write, you can create a dynamic talk that captures your listeners' attention and delivers hope-filled content they need to hear. I find that a lot of the overflow of what I want to talk about is because I read a book about leadership or yeah. I read a book 
about writing or I read a book about parenting and what I read, they said a lot of good stuff, but I'm like, oh, but you forgot to say this. You know what I mean? Or I'm writing in my margins yeah. as I'm reading. And even that gives me food for the thing I want to say about parenting or the thing I want to say about leading or the thing I want to say about running a business or the thing I want to say about people management. Um, I realize that where they left off, I have something else to say. Yes. So it, it, it that's a part of building up the food for fodder that gives you, um, gives you, you know, stocks your pond like a, uh, what's the lady's name that bird by bird and Lamont, Anne Lamont. About stocking your pond. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, and that's such a great word for those of us who people who might be beginning, I think are sometimes afraid to read writers who write about similar things, but you've just spoken to the value of it that you'll read it. And then you'll be like, Oh, but they left this whole thing out. Yeah. Um, and then you'll, you can make your note and you can kind of pick up where that artist left off. And that's, that's the beauty of this creative life, right? That we're not all, we're not just making this up in a corner by ourselves. Like we are learning on the backs of other writers right. and that it's communal, right? It's communal. And I feel that, you know, I, I have the demon in me that says, Crystal, you shouldn't write about this or speak about this because somebody else already has. And then I have to remind myself, well, <laughs> If that's the case, nobody should ever write anything because anything everything ever. has already right. But right. nobody has ever been me. Yeah. Nobody has ever been me. That's so right. they cannot bring, even with the same principles and the same truth, my uh, humor, my no nonsense, my literal voice, my written voice. They can't bring my experience. They cannot bring my story. No. And if what I have to say is the same thing somebody else says. But Susie Q that lives in, you know, some town in New Jersey doesn't hear their message, but she hears mine. Then I need to speak about it and I need to write about it because she may only hear me. If this episode was helpful to you, just imagine how helpful the entire hour long interview with Crystal Evans Hurst would be. Every week, Hope Writers members have access to a new one hour Tuesday teaching with agents, publishers, social media strategists, authors, and speakers like Crystal Evans Hurst. Hope Writers helps you make progress in your writing life, whether you're writing blogs or articles on social media or for a talk. If you want to be serious about your words and your reader, we're here for you. For writing tips and encouragement, find us on Instagram at Hope Writers or at our public Facebook page, Hope Writers Community. Last, a final word from author and speaker Fran Leibowitz. Think before you speak, read before you think. As you read, think, and write, you may be surprised to discover that you desire to speak as well. Even better, those in your life may identify those gifts in you too. You can integrate speaking into your writing life to give more space for your creativity to grow and your message to reach new listeners and readers. Your words matter. Whether they're delivered live to an audience or written down, your voice matters. Whether we hear it from the page or through a microphone. Thanks for listening, writer friend. As you step into this week, remember to keep writing. Your words matter. We can't wait to read them. If you found this episode of The Writerly Life helpful, be sure to hit subscribe and tell your friends. Rate and review the show and like and comment if you're tuning in on YouTube. Your reviews help others know you found the content helpful. See you next week.